1: This is Kevin L. Jackson, host of Digital Transformers on Supply Chain Now. In December 2021, Scott Luton and I had the distinct pleasure of working with an all-volunteer team to produce, stream, and host the 2021 Veterans Bowl. This project, VET event, is designed to educate the public on the challenges our military veterans face if they need mental health assistance. Esports is used by mental health professionals to augment treatment. That is why we support Premier Esports and decided to do this Transformers special on the business of esports. In this show, we discuss esports with Tiger Lily, a Facebook sponsored e gamer and on stream hostess, and Chase Peterson, Chief Executive Officer of Premier Esports. Enjoy.
0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson special Hello. episode of Digital Transformers right here with our newest best friend. We're with Tiger Lily, an eSports host, influencer, and enthusiast. Tiger Lily, how you doing?
2: I'm great. I'm your best friend. <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, Kevin and I are learning a ton about eSports here at the Veterans Bowl, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. i tell you, I didn't know how intricate this could be. Um, but, you know, as like you said, I'm in a great mood today, so let's <laughs> learn more
0: about and it. Navy beat Army, and we've got an <laughs> expert to get us through the, the, uh, uh, the learning exercises here. So, Tiger, let's start with uh, how did you get into eSports?
2: That's a great question, and uh, I want to call myself an expert per se. I just happen to have my foot in so many different doors okay. because when it comes to eSports, I personally tried my best to be a player. Um, and I feel like I entered the esports industry and world a little too late to be a player, an efficient gamer where my actual gameplay put me in on a team, for example. Mm -hmm. So instead I took the route of being a host and now. That's where I'm in. I, I host the events and I try my best to educate a lot of the viewers on eSports because it's becoming well known now right. and you well know, yeah, colleges are now bringing in teams and scholarships and they're playing professionally around the states and even around the world.
1: So I'm going to pull on that actually because my daughter was at ODU and she was actually the captain. Of the Sova esports team.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> First off, Man. I love Girl Power, a girl running their own team. I love that.
1: But she's actually a director of Game On, an esports center in Virginia Beach. Wow. So, uh,
2: that's amazing. got to get Tiger Lily
1: and your daughter connected.
0: That'd be sure. amazing. Absolutely. I would
2: love to one day host one of her games or even interview her or talk to her about what it's like being a team captain, because I've never done that myself.
0: Mm. Oh, great. So let's let's do this. Let's, you know, for folks like me and maybe Kevin, I'm not going to speak for Kevin, but I am not an <laughs> eSports expert or enthusiast. I don't know a whole bunch about the industry. Tell us, if you had eSports 101 and just a small nutshell, what do folks need to know?
2: I think the biggest argument these days is how to convince your parents to let you play video games, you know? (laughs) How do, how do I do this? But my biggest advice to the parents is it's just like any sport or any musical instrument you need to practice so if your kids are really serious about gaming and making it a part of their career or a part of their instead of making it a hobby transitioning into actually practicing every night then it becomes really serious and like i said earlier colleges are actually looking into recruiting students that take this seriously and practice every night and they have a team they practice with and they they're able to get together then they, the college teams put them, mm-hmm. you know, you, they get scholarships and all right.
0: that. Right? Yeah, wow. scholarships.
1: Yeah, scholarships. But I have to say that my daughter was doing a lot of streaming over Twitch, right? And she actually used software robots to manage her audience and she learned <laughs> yes. how to code.
2: And, Your uh, daughter is impressive. <laughs> well, First impressive. off, she's a team captain, and now she's a coder? Well, she, she,
1: she graduated two years ago, and she, like I said, she's, she works in it as her career right, right now.
2: See, that's the thing, when it comes to gaming, you're either one the player, or two, you end up growing into like strategy planning or team managing, community management. Uh, you can also go into producing, which is the amazing team we have today. Atlanta wow. Premier, thank wow. you for producing this event. And even goes further than that, you know, content creators. A lot of people are like, define content creation, but what you're really doing is you're bringing the content that we all want to know about and watch to stream. It's almost an entry into film. So being a host or being an actress and and being able to be on screen, you know.
0: So in addition to giving thanks to the to the world-class production team here at the Veterans Bowl uh, premiere at GG, we've got to give thanks to TNS and Digital Names for sponsoring (laughs) Digital Transformers and our conversation here with Tiger Lily. So, all right. One last point, and then I'd love, Kevin, for you to weigh in on yeah, digital absolutely. transformation, the metaverse, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So you're speaking to Tiger Lily, just the growth, the, um, uh, the opportunities and more that the esports industry offers. And it's blowing up, getting bigger and bigger each year, right? Yes.
2: I agree with you. I think it's going to continue getting bigger. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be way more job opportunities for different players, gamers, developers, producers, coders, team managers. You know, we're going to need more people that can lead. So we're going to see that grow as we move on.
0: Awesome. One last point, Kevin, is uh, I think the college game is coming back after being on hiatus, NCAA football. The only thing about this? Tiger Lily. It's been um, off the market for a couple of years with the NIL. Uh, NCAA uh, programming is coming back and maybe me and you can can uh anchor a team, anchor team <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Ooh,
2: yes definitely <laughs> all
1: right but this is really a business and i don't think a lot of people maybe accept it as a business or recognize it as a business from from your point of view how do you see yourself fitting in what may, people may refer to as the real Business or is this the business of entertainment? Mm.
2: It definitely falls into business of entertainment, but at the end of the day, who's going to run these teams? Mm-hmm. A lot of investors are going to drop lots of money. You're going to run into that. But what are we going to do with that? We're going to get a team of producers, and we're going to get a team of hosts and actors here today to talk to you, and then even more, someone to educate us, mm-hmm. for you, like uh, you, for example, on what we're going to talk about with the metaverse and mm-hmm. all
1: that. Well, so the metaverse. People think that that's sort of not real. It's <laughs> it's virtual, and they're right. It's not real, it is virtual. But what's really important to recognize is that the physical world and the virtual world are now merging. And businesses, not just entertainment business, but just about every industry, have to learn how to interact and operate in the metaverse and connect with their customers. What do you feel about the metaverse? Is it a real thing?
2: Digital content is. Real. I have this argument these <laughs> days, uh, <laughs> where it almost is like the real world is the stage for digital content. Okay. Um, we run into that all the time. And as we look to the internet, and even now. NFTs or Bitcoin, you're going to see a lot of that digital content becoming more and more accessible. It's The, the thing that we're trying to do these days is wrap our head around NFTs, the non-tangible... Non-fungible NF- Yes. Right. So, you know, a lot of people are con- like interested in that because it's the unknown. But right. as I continue forward, even in the gaming space, I see it becoming more and more of an everyday thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, one of the things, like my company, TNS, actually has a global blockchain right okay and we actually have a a product called nifty's that's a marketplace for nfts and other projects that we're working on include um the management of uh virtual spaces in second life okay Uh, okay so we're we're sort of we're in that world Mm. definitely (laughs) (laughs) but when it, when it when it comes to other businesses and their own digital transformation i also think that this is about communication being able to communicate with other businesses within your ecosystem and to be able to connect with your customers like yes. you yes yeah so tell me what does a business need to do to digitally connect to you and your generation?
2: My generation and the generations after me love adorable, cute things they can collect. Uh, We're all here, we go to events to collect. We want that eSports shirt to rock our favorite team member, right? Mm -hmm. You see that in sports today and in the past. And a lot of artists like me, we are going into NFTs that are almost like cards, or Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering cards, our favorite sports team cards that you can collect and you can keep in your digital wallet. All right. well.
3: Okay.
1: So is this just a fad? I mean, you say you like cuddly things, but uh, I may be giving away <laughs> my age. But... <laughs> People used to collect Beanie Babies and they were (laughs) thousands and thousands of dollars, but now nobody wants to buy a Beanie Baby. So you're collecting NFTs, maybe next year nobody cares. You're (laughs) spending money and now it's gone.
2: Well, well, you know, with the classic with artists, for example, if in the future, one of our favorite artists that was producing NFTs passed away, I know Mm -hmm. that's the saddest truth is when your artist or musician or favorite athlete passes away, then anything they had created in the past just becomes that their price, it's, it's value, it's important to people and you're going to spend more money on that. So I don't think NFTs are going to run out, honestly. So
0: on that note, I hate to wrap up this conversation with Tiger Lily and Kevin L Jackson <laughs> but we must Tiger Lily how how can folks connect with you after today's Chat with
2: us. I am found under Tiger Lily, which is actually spelled T Y G A R L I L Y on Twitch. I'm also a Facebook partner where I like to upload a lot of content like this today. And then I'm on most socials under the same username. It's pretty simple.
1: Wonderful. Great. You have a new follower now.
2: Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well,
1: hey, again, big
0: thanks to TNS and Digital Names for sponsoring Digital Transformers. Hey, Best of luck to the players in the second half of the Veterans Bowl. On behalf of Kevin L. Jackson and Scott Luke, we'll see you next time right here on Digital Transformers. We're spending some time post-game with Chase Peterson,
3: co-owner with Premier. How are you doing, Chase? Excellent. Glad to be here. Wonderful. I'm happy to be working with such a great charity, such a great cause, and supporting all our servicemen and women out there. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, mental
1: health is a really um, under- uh, overlooked issue, uh, um, not just in the military, but in the society in general. Mm. It is really great to be able to support and educate uh, our audience on this important aspect.
0: Excellent point, yep. So of course, big thanks to our friends TNS and Digital Names for sponsoring this special episode. So Chase, Let's start with uh, how did you get into esports?
3: Well, um, when I tell my story, I always say the same thing, and I tell people <laughs> it was a, it was an accident. accident. Yeah, it was an accident. Um, I have been playing games as long as I can remember. What was your favorite one? Halo, for sure. Okay. Uh, and there's a new Halo out, so. Oh well, you guys I'm enjoying that? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a TV show. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, Halo is a, is a big franchise now. Yeah, but um, I grew up playing games, and you know, I, in 2017, I tried my hand at creating content as a streamer on Twitch. Okay. About a year later, I found out I was pretty bad at it, <laughs> so I, you know, I tried to utilize some different talents and groups of, uh, you know, just expertise that I had, and decided we wanted to make a group and. We had no intentions of doing esports at all. Right. Um, it was just a group for a lot of mental health reasons. Okay. You know, content creating and live streaming as a full-time person is not an easy job. Right. And uh, I thought maybe if we could make a group to make it easier on people, um, that was the plan. So we got supportive each other. Yeah, and it yeah. kind of just snowballed from there as we got more and more interest different kinds of people would, you know, come in that had different skill sets and wanted to do different things and would ask me questions that made me go, huh, maybe I should do that.
0: Right. And
3: now we're here in, you know, professional Apex Legends and tons of really awesome content creators and staff members and this amazing facility. And yeah, it's been a journey for sure.
0: And as as many of our listeners and viewers may know, we're in the Johnson STEM center here in Atlanta, Georgia, named for Dr. Lonnie Johnson, famed and legendary inventor. We got a picture of him just out of the shot of the camera. Um, so, Kevin, with Chase, we want to talk about kind of the logistics behind big esports tournaments, like like they're involved in all the time. So, so talk to us a little about that. What what's all involved in putting on a world class esports experience?
3: Well, I think uh, you got to talk pre and post COVID. Uh, okay. I think that's a very interesting conversation that you have to uh you know you have to bring that up um pre-covid you're talking mega events
1: so we were talking about the difference between uh pre-covid and post-covid and the fact that we are now in a virtual world everybody's comfortable with interacting in, in, in the virtual world um so if I'm in you know uh, distribution or I'm uh um, in an electrical company, mm. or not some industry outside of entertainment and transportation? What does that mean to me? What does it mean with respect to my employees and my customers?
3: Mm. So, uh, this is a question that I not only have thought about, but also have t- spoken to other people uh, in regards to. Um, I think when I review, like what its future. Right. Mm. What, is, what should your business look like as we move into 2022? Mm-hmm. And I think it really boils down to a couple of different things, but really the main point is where are you engaging your audience? So going where your people are. Mm. And you can look at history and how history has evolved with businesses. First it was, you know, advertisements in your newspaper because that's where everyone was reading, you know, right. about right. what's happening exactly. in the world. Right. And then Job you, ads. Yeah, and then you have still. radio. <laughs> Radio comes out, and the newspapers up in up in arms, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then television, cell phones, you name it—everything that just progresses us forward. This is where progressive forward businesses live. And like all
1: those traditional media are now going out of business because they couldn't keep up with the internet. And now right. with maybe—is this the media of the metaverse? Mm. Is esports just uh, <sighs> the tip of the iceberg?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think esports is one of those things you can dive into for hours and hours and hours. And this is why you see people selling tickets to these online webinars that last for a couple days, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) So we don't have a lot of time, but what does it take to put together this type of, to produce this type of Mm. event? If I'm a company and I know I have to reach out to my customers via this type of Channel and this type of media. Mm. What does it take? What type of skill sets do I have to bring in with my um, and onto my team? Where mm. does it fit within a corporate organization?
3: Uh, you know, I think within a corporate organization, first off, you have to you have to do your research. Mm-hmm. I think if you are interested in getting involved in gaming or esports or really digital media at all, you got to know what the competition's doing, what works, what doesn't work, and what to avoid. Mm. Um, And then, secondly, you're going to have to find out what works for you and your audience. And um, I think above all else, you could have the most talented team in the world. You could have the worst team in the world. Your content that you put out, whether that's an interview like this, sitting at a table, or you're filming your products, or you're hosting a tournament, anything like that, it's about what the why is and why that's important to your customer more than it is what it is.
1: Oh, Simon Sinek.
3: Yes. Exactly.
1: Absolutely. So are you saying that digital transformation (laughs) includes this type of multimedia production capability?
3: Of course. Yeah, definitely. You could have the, the best chicken biscuit in the world, <laughs> but if no one knows about it and no one cares about it, then no one's going to buy it. Right. Um, love that. But you can have an amazing chicken biscuit. How keep, is-
0: keep talking chicken biscuits. You're talking <laughs> talk my language.
3: All right. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I guess we have to wrap up,
0: don't we? Well, I'd love to spend a couple more hours with Chase. I think we could pick a lot of his brain here. Yeah, but I'm learning. Chase, how can folks connect with you and Premiere?
3: Yeah, I think um, we're probably most active on our Twitter account, uh, underscore PremierGG. Follow us on there. Um, or if you want to send me an email, I'm happy to uh, discuss further. Uh, it's chase at GG. All right.
0: And one last question. Sure. Where can you get the best chicken biscuit? <laughs> who's, who's got your vote? <laughs> well, I think I'm going to keep that one close to the chest. Okay. I'm not sure I want to drop on yeah, right, I, I, I got, got drop, two. I got two. <laughs> That's okay. Hey. Um, Kevin, big thanks. What a great, great conversation. Congrats to the players and the winner of the Veterans Bowl. Your last comment as we uh, sign off for the night.
1: Go Navy! Go Navy! (laughs) And I want to take a, a minute with two guests. Tiger Lily, I'm going to have her tell you more about her, and Chase Peterson. And we're going to take this time to talk about the business of esports. So, before we get down to business, Chase, what's your background? Where did you
3: come from?
1: Well, you know, How did you
3: get into uh, esports? Well, my background is in sales and marketing. Uh-huh. I'm from Atlanta, and I got into esports on accident.
1: <laughs> you didn't intend to do this.
3: No, not at all. Someone asked me why I wasn't doing it. Wow. And I said, you know what? I don't know.
1: <laughs> and uh, Tiger Lily, I just called you Tiger. I understand you're really, uh, that's your your game when you're out uh, shooting them yeah, up, Yeah, that's right? totally
2: fine. <laughs> uh, you know, Tiger Lily is a gamer tag I chose for myself when I was 14 years old. Okay. So I do come from the gamer background where I would just play games as a hobby or an escape. Mm-hmm. A lot of us can relate with that. But it wasn't until I moved from Oregon to Georgia, I gave up a salary position in IT, and at that time, when I moved to Georgia, I was like, I'm going to take content creation on seriously. I need to make this work. So uh, for about the last five years, I've been doing my best at that. Uh, like my foot has been in multiple doors trying to figure out where I fit in. But I have finally found a place for me, Tiger Lily, in the eSports industry. And I think things are going pretty well.
1: So what attracted you to eSports? Why eSports?
2: Right. Because I come from a gaming background. Why did I want to step into the competitive scene? Why did I want to match with content creators that were just outputting so much content? our favorite video games every day. And it really just fell into, it didn't feel like work for me every day. Uh, more or less, I was able to wake up and I'm like, I'm motivated and I would do it. And at the end of the day, I'd have all this content. And Over time, I'd get experience and I became more knowledgeable on certain topics. And then people asked me to speak about them. First, they were panels and then they were on live streams and now they're recordings. And, and I just, I just keep doing it because it's what I do every day. I live and breathe this lifestyle.
1: You know, this is, this is really interesting because you actually targeted the lifestyle and the business and Chase here just sort of fell into yeah. it accidentally, <laughs> okay so, um, is is this a lifestyle or is it business Chase?
3: For me it's both it has yeah. to be both I think my lifestyle is Premiere mm-hmm. um, Premiere is a lot of things that, you know, one of those is esports so, uh, my lifestyle is very much embedded with gaming and competitions and creating videos and editing websites, and I mean, you name it. I mean, everything that goes into making this happen uh, is what I do every day.
1: Well, but our audience may not know what Premiere is, and it sounds like it's actually a business, but there's a lot of people that don't think gaming is a business. Tell us more about Premiere.
3: Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll explain it in the way that I try to explain to people when they ask me what I do and mm-hmm. what Premiere is. uh I'd say it's a lot like a traditional sports team if their sports team played online. Okay. So it runs a lot like the NFL. You know, you have professional players, uh, coaches, staff. Uh, everybody is you know involved in seeing them succeed when they're competing. Uh, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, you know, you have people that represent the organization, like content creators and influencers. Uh, these are our. You know our faces, if you will, of the organization uh, leaders amongst the the influencer community, and these people are you know out there live streaming, making videos, and really showcasing their entertainment skills rather than their competition skills.
1: So, um, is this like the new type of spokesperson? <laughs>
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean I think when I saw Tim the Tapman on the uh, Super Bowl commercial, I was sold. Yeah, that was uh, that was it.
1: So so Tiger, I mean, is how do you sort of prepare for this type of career or this type of lifestyle or this type of business? You said you wanted to do it, but um, You know, what got you ready for this?
2: Right. I like to consider esports and video game development like the wild wild west. It's almost like you with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for us, for gaming, there's so many opportunities and a lot of people can't grasp what they are yet. Uh, A friend of mine asked the other day, hello, my kids are interested in gaming. They're only nine to ten, but how do I get them ready to be a gamer in a, in a world where they're making money, where they're able to create a career off of it. And I told them what type of games are they interested in and figure out their personality, and that really goes into what they'll grow into. For example, what type of games are they playing? Are they playing first-person shooters, uh, and are they leading the squad or following the squad? First-person shooters leads into eSports. They could be a player. If they're leading, then they're going to be a community manager or a team leader or, as your daughter is, you know, the the captain of the team. Are they playing creative games? Do they like coding? Then they get into development. It can even lead into production or filmmaking. So it really depends on the branch of the game they get into it, and you have to really pay attention to that. For me, it was building computers, playing games, and understanding them on a fundamental level like game development. So that's where I came from. And as I learned about how games operated, I started lear- started more or less getting into esports as well at, and on a competitive level, like simple coding in Overwatch. I would love the fact that Blizzard would make all the items uh, you can interact with them, right. and I wanted to learn that on a fundamental level, but then I ended up getting really good at healing people, and then that led into esports.
1: Wow. So this is really complex. Right. Oh, and, and you would... Uh... Some C suites of quote traditional businesses really don't think this is a real business. So if if you were giving them advice as to how to make uh esports or this new type of multimedia entertainment uh a part of their business, is it something they should even think about?
2: Definitely. Uh Right now, I'm a a content creator. So we were talking about content creators for this business called Ants Online. Uh, Essentially, what I'm doing is I became their brand ambassador. They, I have a position where I do. I'm getting paid, obviously, but I'm not just playing video games. I have to strategize a plan for a month. We have to plan ahead. Then we have to plan the content we're going to stream. And if our fans or viewers actually want that, for example, unboxing computer parts. We all want to see those new GTXs. <laughs> we all want to see the new PlayStation 5s. Yeah. Um, and then that goes into the gaming, You know, the hot new games, which is marketing the brand new game. So I'm sure Chase could go into this as well, because then that goes into sales and marketing, which is a skill set not all of us have, but Chase definitely has that.
1: Yeah. So Chase, you do a lot of sales and marketing and the logistics of of esports, and I mean, you said this is just like running a football team or a baseball team. So, um, are you in the front office? Are you part of the C suite?
3: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think you know every day when when you have to. Sell your business model to make money as a, as a job. Mm-hmm. You have to look at what you're doing a little more serious. And you know, if you look at Tiger Lily's story of you know just wanting to do it and having to learn those skill sets, she didn't say this, but it's definitely not easy. Mm. It is very very difficult in the skill set in order to be very successful at it. it takes a lot of work. Um, but when it comes to, you know, marketing yourself and making it very worth your while, right. um, yeah, I think really one of the biggest things is marketing. And I said it earlier when we were live, it's you could have the best chicken biscuit, right? But in right. this case, you could be the most entertaining person in the world. But if you don't know how to market yourself, if you don't know how to speak about brands, if you don't know how to engage your audience, that you're really entertaining, you you got to learn those things, so...
1: Well, you know, I, I really appreciate what you're saying, but I've also believed that we're in a unique time um, of our society. Uh, we've all gone over the past few years through the pandemic, and I personally believe the world is, the pre-COVID world, is different than the post-COVID world. And part of that is the rapid adoption of these remote technologies, these virtual technologies. Everyone's working from home now. Everyone's comfortable of sitting on Zooms for hours. Um, and, and well. now even, uh, <laughs> maybe not too comfortable, yeah. but even now, the, the biggest buzzword in business is the, is the metaverse. So, um, so Chase, is the world coming to Your world now, your virtual world, is the post-COVID world more friendly to the 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 virtual business
3: world? Is the post-COVID world friendly to the virtual world? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it answers your statement previous. I think everyone's just now catching up, right? Gamers have been doing this as long as I can remember. Uh, meeting online, engaging their friends, spending hours of time playing <laughs> games, right? Right. And the rapid adoption thing that you talked about, I think, yeah, is, is happening right now. But really, what you're seeing with this, you know, word metaverse, right? right. And for people who don't really know what a metaverse is, right, it's just another world online that you can interact with, right? 3D, 4D, whatever you want to call it, right? The way that I see the metaverse is really just social environment it's just where people are where they are right they don't have to physically be there but that's where they spend their time that's where they get their uh ingest of either news or you know social feed it can be anywhere and i think the number one right now was uh roblox if i'm not mistaken roblox Roblox is the number one metaverse right now with like 36 million average daily users
1: so you're saying this is just an evolution
3: of our society? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so, uh,
1: Tiger Louie, uh, is it easier for you in the post-COVID world than the pre-COVID world? Do you see more opportunities opening up? And so, on my show, Digital Transformers, we talk about businesses digitally transforming themselves, their their business models, the way they interact with their ecosystem, their, their business partners, and their customers. So what do they need to learn? What do they need to do as our society, um, you know, transitions into the metaverse?
2: Like I had said when I moved from Oregon to Georgia, that transition in my life personally did not affect me as much because I was taking my internet presence with me, and to everybody else it didn't change. I was in the same place, they can find me when they needed to. And to answer your second question with how can they accept it? Community is huge, especially for your brand. If you're in tech or even if you're selling couches, uh your community is huge because they're the ones that are interacting with you daily and your digital content is what fuels them. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important in my opinion to continue doing all the you know, the digital content and and the metaverse is coming. It's just Seems intimidating because there's a lot of unknown, but to me, it's always been there. Digital content, video games, movies, live events that are filmed on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we already know it's there. It's just there's a new name to it and more doors are opening. So there's tons of opportunities. And I like to call it the wild, wild west.
1: <laughs> Great. So uh, we run out of time here, but people want to reach out to you to learn more, because I tell you, you're you're teaching me lot right now. How do they get in contact with you?
2: Uh, Well, I'm Tiger Lily. Uh, That's actually my username on all socials. I also have YouTube, and I'm live on Twitch. I spell it T-Y-G-A-R-L-I-L-Y, and I mean, I'm on the internet now. Like, just (laughs) Google, and it's crazy, just the amount of footprint I've left behind, So So you're everywhere. Yeah.
1: Where do people reach out to catch up to you and uh, Premier?
3: Well, you can uh, you can find me, you know, similar. Um, just uh, I go by a different name online. I don't uh, use my real name. I go by KickAce on uh, Twitter. Okay. Uh, but like I said, I'm very open to my using my email. It's chase at AtlantaPremier.gg. Um, and then Premier, you can find it on Twitter. Just type in PremierGG uh, on all socials.
1: Well, thank you both for giving us an insight into what companies need to do to transform themselves and to adjust to this new multimedia world. So with that, I'd like to thank you and my audience for joining us on Digital Transformers. So please enjoy your day and have a transformative week.
3: Smash that like button. (laughs) Thanks for being a part of our
0: Supply Chain Now community.